Well, I'm back with Father James Altman, who has been officially canceled by his bishop. And today we're going to talk about what happened, what did the decree say, where does this leave him with respect to his parish, with his public ministry, with his priesthood. And uh, it's kind of fun because we were together 48 hours ago, Father Altman, having Texas barbecue and some ice cream and just having a, I, as we said before we went live, I was like, when I came home, Joy said, well, what's Father Altman like in real life? And she's like, he's kind of a normal guy. We talked about Ford trucks versus Toyota trucks and uh, margaritas and pulled pork. And yes, that was that. So um, good to and see you again. Desserts. We had ice cream desserts. We had some ice cream desserts, some uh, Mexican ice cream desserts. So Yes. Oh, that was, listen, that alone is worth another trip to Texas. That, <laughs> that place, I don't know if you're allowed to say it on the air, but my gosh, that was great. Yeah, that was really good. So, um, yeah, I mean, some people say, you know, as, as your voice became more and more manifest last year and popularity came and then there was obviously some friction in the diocese and. You know, this has to do with, of course, the lockdowns and but also theology and what does it mean to be a priest and to be a, a minister of the sacraments and all these things. People, you know, have started to say, well, does, does Father Altman have delusions of grandeur? Does he have a messianic complex? And you know, I'm just being honest, but I, I didn't yeah, pick no. that up from you. But, you know, I thought maybe we could, you know, talk about that today and then talk about catch people up. What happened to you? Yeah. Maybe we should begin with last Friday. What happened last Friday? Yeah. What well, was it was Thursday? Oh, Thursday. And um, I was hoping Bishop would just do the right thing and leave me alone. Um, he once accused me, by the way, that that same thing. He once said to me, I was sitting in his office, and he said, "You're just doing everything you do so you can get more. Um, I need to call views mm -hmm. on YouTube." And and I said to him, "Then you don't." know the first thing about me bishop which which was disappointing because he ought to i mean he certainly uh has known me for i think he came here in 2011 so that's 10 years uh, that's got nothing to do with it uh, the my heart yeah i think it's scripture so the zeal for the our lord's house consumes me um but I, if you if you if you if you just understood that i'm a father and i look at the people in my parishes as my children I mean, that's why they call you father. That's supposed to mean something. And uh, to be unable to to be restricted in uh, feeding my children is anathema. You know, it's just um, what's the point of being a father if you can't feed your children? I, I think we you and I had a uh, just a moment of, of uh, poignancy in our discussion when you were talking about feeding your own kids. I mean, how would it be if, if you came home, your, your, your son said, I'm hungry. And you said, well, go fend for yourself or something like that. The, um, so what really got this whole thing going all had to do with uh, shepherds not feeding their children, uh, with fathers not feeding their children. Um, and, and maybe you've heard me say it before. I can tell you the single saddest day. Of, it wasn't last Thursday. The single saddest day in my priesthood was the day that Bishop asked me to to uh, transfer from my, my beloved parish in, in Wisconsin Rapids, St. Peter and Paul, to La Crosse. I, I could have stayed at St. Peter and Paul and finished out my last dozen years or so and been perfectly content. I had no desire to, to change. And in fact, uh, I thought I was going to stay. And he called me on the Tuesday before 
uh, announcements are being made. Normally you get like a month or two or three warning that you're going to have to make this announcement on the first weekend in May. He called me on Tuesday before that and said, I was, I was, in fact, I was driving home from, I was getting some more degrees at, at the University of Wisconsin, Stevens Point. I was driving home and he, and he, and he called and I thought, it said, it says on my phone, big house. That's what we referred to the chancery as. It is because it is a very big place. Um, and he said, are you sitting down? I said, well, I'm driving. He says, well, why don't you pull over? So my heart sank because I knew exactly what he's going to ask me to mm. do is transfer. And I could have said no. What people don't understand, and usually because they're ignorant. And, you know, I don't mind ask somebody asking me the question. But to, just to say I'm disobedient because I said no. Listen, if, if a request is made of us, we can say no. I mean, otherwise it's a command. Commands you can't say no to, but requests you can. So he Yeah, if I say, uh, please buy me lunch today yeah if you say yeah. no you're not disobeying me exactly it's not disobedience just saying i don't want to do right. that but if yeah. i if but if you're a superior and you tell someone to do and it's within the legal rights and you don't do it that's actual disobedience that's disobedience so uh so he asked me if i would transfer here and and so i said okay i, I agreed i said okay i will bishop because you've asked me and it, uh as much as i don't want to okay i will and and the saddest day then of my entire uh, priesthood, it was that day when I had to feed my children Holy Communion for the last time. And I, mm -hmm. I started crying like a baby. The server had to go get me another purificator uh, because I was blowing my nose and wiping my eyes. I was, And every, it kept happening. Every single person I'm feeding for the last time, my beloved child. Right. I mean, that's the father's heart. So so but I, I had agreed to come here and, and I did. And so it, I don't understand how it is that, I mean, we're, if, if you don't have that love for your children, that you want to feed them in word and in sacrament, if you don't have that, then then just resign from the priesthood because you shouldn't be a priest. And people know that, that you're a fake. And listen, all these people, all these priests that lock their churches, all these bishops that lock their churches, even like in Texas, where only one, I think, stayed open, the bishops were given a, a government exemption, much like Walmart and Planned Parenthood, and they said no. And I'm right. thinking, every one of you, get out. Get out because you are not a father to your children. So, so what got this whole thing going was I one day I was pretty upset about the fact that fathers weren't being fathers to their children, and and then all of a sudden it took off um, through no uh, through no effort on my own. I have zero effort. I do one thing: I prepare to teach my children like a father should, in order to get their souls to eternal salvation to heaven, and which only few are going to choose to go. Many are going to choose not to. But how can you even make a choice if you don't even know what you're choosing from? So um, that's my one thing. If I have a skill set, if I have uh, something that uh, gets me going, it, it's to try and teach my children. So I think of myself more as a teacher. And and so some, suddenly, instead of just being the 45 people that were watching every day, mm -hmm. it suddenly took off on its own. And Bishop said, you're just saying these things to, to get views. And I'm thinking, no, no, I, I have not once not once in 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 13 years of ordination ever said i'm going to say this to make somebody listen if i wanted to make people happy I, I wouldn't talk the way i do i want to make them safe i want to to uh lead them to salvation so i i've got not you know i've got nothing but grief about it look at the grief i'm in now this is not something <laughs> anyone would speak i mean Why if you wanted an easy life with big social media numbers, there's a priest out there who has an easy life with huge, like bigger than more followers on Twitter than Bishop Barron. And that's James Martin SJ. Right. Yeah. He gets invited to all these Manhattan cocktail parties. He's on yeah. CNN talk shows and all that. 
he gets zero flack and he right. gets zero censures and zero restrictions and he has clicks right people yes. that's the way if you want to be a priest and live that yeah. life that's how you do it you completely conform to yeah. the secular culture right right but the church is supposed to be non-conforming we're, we're supposed to conform the sec culture to us not the other way around mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that's exactly, you stated that perfectly. That's exactly what's happened in our day and age. But so somehow, but, but you see, there is a faithful remnant. And the faithful remnant are what I've heard from around the globe, all five continents that are habit, inhabited. I thought there were seven. Isn't, must be six continents. I don't know. Let's just North say South all continents, all continents except for South Antarctica. At, Antarctica, yes. I've heard from around the globe and uh, every diocese in the U.S. Uh, letters saying we're starving out here because yeah. priests aren't feeding us. Well, I can tell you the reason they're not feeding you is because what will happen to those priests, even, you know, that the good ones that are there is what will happen, what hap is happening to me. And so when I look at this, I say, well, thank you, Lord, for this uh, gift of uh, enduring this grief and aggravation, because now people will know why their priests don't, the good priests don't speak up and speak out. And, and they will also know exactly what has, ha has happened in far worse ways than with me to all these canceled priests, these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of canceled priests that are canceled by because of their faithful orthodoxy, their, their faith to the, uh, in, the, in the teaching of, the, of Jesus that was handed down by the Catholic It's not the Catholic Church's teaching. It's Jesus' teaching. We just hand it down faithfully, unchanged, unchangeable for 2,000 years. So, so the, the reason people don't speak up is, well, because they might get canceled by the, the bishop. And all it takes is one vicious person in the parish. And, you know, sad to say, it's usually the women sign, send these letters to the bishop complaining that their pastor said such and such, even though it's true. Uh, and so, um, like, you know, yeah, it, uh, I wasn't seeking any. And I'm still listen, the, the worse it gets, the more this impacts upon my life, the less inclined I am to do it. And not just the, not because of the cancel culture, cancel thing that happened to me, but even the, the extra burden, it's just created a, a lot of extra uh, work. I, I used to have like each day, maybe a little free time that I called it gym time, I guess, but uh, I used to have that. I haven't had that in, since May 12th of, of 2020. It's, uh, this is not fun. I get, what, people think this is, it's not fun. You know, I get a little respite every now and then. I get to have dessert with you. But right. <laughs> but apart from that, this is not fun. I don't, it's like people that um, in seminary that I'll say, if they want to be a bishop, if you can see this ambition in their in them, that, that, that's the last person you want to be a bishop. If 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 there was if I was seeking, I'm just perfectly happy just being my little old rectory. I walk across. I can't do it anymore. I mean, if the one thing that bishop has done to hurt me internally, spiritually, is to take away my capacity at this mm -hmm. at this point to go over there every morning and be with my parish be with my children right i mean and for that I, you have yeah to it's like a restraining to... order oh it's it's just ridiculous and then you know God, so he does this on thursday right which is so yeah, so let's so tell people <laughs> you got a fedex envelope right on <laughs> yeah, thursday he didn't deliver it personally the coward i you know if you had guts if you were a man he would just deliver it and say, listen, right. you know, this is coming because I've been after you. Right. Uh, so here it is. And and but he he didn't even. Uh, yeah. So it gets delivered by FedEx and and then he leaves town for vacation. <laughs> I think he knew that there would be pushback. Well, if you know there's going to be pushback is because there's faithful Catholics there that 
will give you pushback, and properly so. Thank God there's some faithful remnant out there. Um, we were sitting in his office today, or not today, but um, back in February, and and he even he said, well, there will always be a faithful remnant. And I thought, well, that's not my, I'm not hanging my head on there's going to be a faithful remnant. I'm hanging my head on that I'm helping that faithful remnant. Right. So, uh, so anyway, so it comes on Thursday, and it says effective immediately. So that's really a rude way to do it, too, mm-hmm. uh, instead of just saying, well, okay, it's going to be effective. Uh, you know, we'll give you a couple weeks to get things in order. Uh, no, it was effective immediately. And then, and then there's, there's no replacement. He hasn't named the parish administrator. Well, I know why he hasn't named it, because I know where that parish admin- the future parish administrator is right now. And and he's not even in the country. So for a couple of weeks now, the parish is without anybody who can uh, do anything. Uh, you know, if if, a, if something if if there's some repair that needs to be made, some emergency repair, I guess I'm not authorized to make it. Uh, so um, wow. yeah, it's just stupid. So anyway, uh, there will be a parish administrator during the pendency of my appeal, which is uh, already in the process of being filed. I think it goes that's four different appeals if you keep losing. And right, a final end. Sorry, bro. You broke up there, Father, on the on the internet. You broke up a little bit. Are you? You said you appealed it to Rome. Yes, you're you're appealing it to Rome. Correct, and that has to be done within ten days of receiving this this order. So you've done that. You've made that Uh, step. Well, it's it's in process. It hasn't actually been filed yet. I I think I got. I'm about to get sent what it's going to look like when it when it's filed. Um, can I can I just I don't know how much time you want to spend on this, but can I just say how this the absurdity of it all is, is that. Um, so when I went uh, when this first came down, that they asked me to resign and I said no, and that was Pentecost Sunday. Uh, uh, then they said, well, we want we're going to give you three op- three days where you can come look at the file. Now, this file has been put together. Uh, it's, a, it's a manila file, it's just a, maybe about this thick. It's not even your, your priest file, which I saw for the first time back in February, which is this big green thing, like at a medical office. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's rather, it's a cherry-picked group of papers. Uh, cherry-picking what goes in that file. And uh, one was the bishop himself, one was the vicar general, William Dine. Uh, one was the secretary. I said, to him, I said to him, you mean a secretary is, is choosing what goes in this file? Are you kidding me? And, uh, and I think it was, I can't remember the other, it might've been the vicar for clergy. Um, anyway, so, so they cherry picked this file, put it together. And then they, uh, say, now, now I'm not going in there without my canon lawyer first. And so he wasn't available cause he was in Rome for a week. So then he came back and I wasn't available because I was I had already had scheduled some things where I think, you know, taken some vacation days. And um, so then he go, he went in and they made him sign this. They made this stuff up because it's not canon law, a uh, some sort of an agreement whereby he wouldn't uh, reveal a single thing that's in there. He wouldn't. Uh, you know, when, when you go to court and there's somebody that's going to be a witness against you, you're supposed to know what you're charged with. What witnesses charged you with what they've charged you with right. and, and an opportunity to uh, interrogate the witnesses and, and so that you can prepare to prove them wrong if they have not told the truth. I mean, that's just based. This is so fundamental to our. That, that's what I've been saying for four days is what is Father Altman's crime? Right. What right. is. The, and the only thing that I've heard from people is divisive. Yeah, divisive. 
Well, again, well, I said I'll wear that red D on my chest. People have sent me T-shirts with red Ds. They sent me those high school football letter things, like on your on your letter jacket with a big red D. Uh, if we're not being divisive, we're not doing our job. We're supposed to divide the faithful from the unfaithful, the goats from the sheep. And we're supposed to give them the truth that divides. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's right out of Jesus's own mouth. That's right out of sacred scripture everywhere in it. So we better be divisive. If we're not, we're milk toast wimps that, you know, it's everybody goes to heaven kind of an idea. Well, right. that's not, never what Jesus taught. So anyway, so I'm okay with divisive. Uh, but then he said, I'm ineffective. Well, you know, somebody, somebody just sent me a, uh, overnighted something that said I was bragging about the fact that bragging about the fact that that 50 families had joined the parish in the last 15 months, which is extraordinary for any parish. That mm-hmm. many people join the families, join the parish. Now, families I'm talking about, not just people. Yeah, families. people. Um, extraordinary. And I'm not bragging about it. What I'm trying to say, what I'm doing is saying, look at this is the, they're accusing me of being ineffective. Listen, ineffective priests don't have people joining in droves. You know, they don't have all those views, I guess. I'm not bragging. I couldn't care less about the number of views. I mean, I'm, I want to make sure my people, for whom I'm responsible are getting the truth. Um, and and how dare, listen, let's suppose that I'm speaking the truth and all of a sudden people around the world wanna, wanna see it, right? And they wanna tune in. How dare any bishop, how dare they try to restrict the food line, the pipeline of food, of spiritual food to all these people that are desiring to hear this, the truly faithful ones. Listen, and if, they, if people don't wanna listen, they don't listen, I don't care. You know, listen if you want to, don't listen if you don't. So, but why would anyone try to restrict the voice of truth? Because they've never accused me of not speaking the truth, right? They've ne- that's not it. Anyway, so in this in this accusatory letter, this decree, they said I'm, I'm divisive and ineffective. That was the whole thing. And so not one uh, crime. So, but anyway, so the, so the candle lawyer goes in there and he looks at this tiny little folder, this cherry-picked folder, and then... Uh, then I finally was able to go in. It was on a Friday, I think June 20th. I can't remember what Friday it was. I think it was a Friday before June 25th. And so I went in to look at it and I saw there were these, these massive boxes that you get uh, what 5,000 sheets of uh, photocopy paper. And they were sitting over there full of letters that I know full well were for me because I actually did get back in February a chance to look through some and every single one was plus me, right? Uh, thank you for letting me speak. And uh, but and if they were negative, they would have found their way into that cherry pick file, right? So they're sitting over there. There's two life site petitions. One had from uh, back in September that had over 70,000 signatures. This recent one that within like three weeks, they had, I think, over 90,000 signatures. Uh, people that are saying, listen, we, we want to listen to the truth spoken by him because we're not getting it. We're starving out here. Yep. Uh, but but and, and not even my original file, that, that one that looks like a medical file. Rather, there was just this cherry picking. So, uh, so he said before you the Bill Dine, the Vicar General said, before you look at that, you have to sign this very restrictive. You can't. You have to keep it a uh, what secret. Uh, you can't. I think there are three key things. One of which you can't be retaliatory. In essence, because here's here's why they put that in there, by the way. So when I looked in February, I saw that letter from Cardinal Supich ripping into Bishop Callahan saying, how dare Father Altman go down? I, you know, I appeared at that secular building talking to people that were just in Chicago, in Chicago. It wasn't in a church and it wasn't doing anything sacramental. So Supich writes this letter that uh, says, I am greatly disturbed. Those are his words. I am greatly disturbed that Father Altman came to Chicago and without my permission, 
and and you should be greatly disturbed too, Bishop Callahan. And so that's why I say, listen, Blaze, I don't need your permission to go to Chicago. You know, I can go anywhere in Chicago. I don't need to seek your permission, and I don't need you to seek your permission to talk to anybody. Yeah. So, but that's how arrogant these little tyrants are, and he's one of the worst. Um, so anyway, so so I spoke about that before, right? So no wonder they're saying, well, don't be re- retaliatory. Like, oh, oh, as if these people aren't trying to toast me, and yet I have to sit there and just, right. you know, let them beat up on me without saying, well, wait a minute, this isn't true. Uh, so so anyway, so when, when I refuse to sign that, which is not canonical, they don't have a right to make me sign some secrecy agreement. Right. But he flatly refused to let me even see what's in that file. So I haven't seen it yet. Hmm. So so then if you look at the decree, it says he was given an opportunity or something like that, like as if they did something magnanimous to look at the file. <laughs> no, that what they're not confessing and admitting in there is that they denied me the right to look at right. that file. So how can I even defend myself? That's how unjust little tyrants yeah. like these people are. They're just little tyrants. They're little Nazis, right? But but. I thank God that this is happening because now everybody out there is going to know that all these other cancel priests, they had, they didn't have the, I guess, notoriety that I do. They just get canceled. And what happens when they're canceled is the same thing that's happening to me. So he took away my faculties, right, to celebrate the mass. I'm not allowed to do it anywhere. Uh, I can't preach. But I can teach and I'll do so on the Internet. Um, I can't, I can't do any of the sacraments. I think I, I'm allowed to hear confessions. I, guess, I, I right? thought it was interesting that the decree says you can't even baptize people except members of right. your own family. Right, right. How, so, so if they did that to me, look, they've done it to everybody else, right? They are denying right. the faithful access to the sacraments from a priest, not just me, but all these hundreds and hundreds of others, who are just faithful, orthodox, teaching the truth kind of priests. They're denying people access to grace. God damns that yeah that's and not that's not good their orders that sideline those priests how many hundreds and how many times did priests not get to celebrate the mass for people or 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 baptize or <clears throat> give them any of the sacraments how many times it's just it's, it's so staggering to me that a shepherd of the church a, a mitre of the church would deny people that's how they don't care about the eternal souls and you know how how we know this <clears throat> they closed the churches and denied them confession, baptism, Holy Eucharist. They denied them that for how many months? 15, some places are still kind of screwing you over. Uh, <clears throat> so And extreme for, unction. And extreme unction. How dare they, these false shepherds of the church, do that, but they don't care. If they cared, look at, if you're a father that cares, you're going to feed your children no matter what. They don't care. And they and and they get mad when I say, listen, the people already know it. I'm not telling the people anything they don't already know. They're fully aware that you don't care. One of the things that I appreciate about you is you keep taking things back to paternity, Mm -hmm. fatherhood. If there's a a real father, if there's only so (laughs) many meals and it means that he goes hungry for dinner and all the kids get to eat, he goes to bed hungry. Every, right. every halfway decent dad, I'm not talking about saints, I'm talking about halfway decent dads is going to go to bed hungry to make sure that every single one of his kids at the table got the food they need for that day. That's just yep. bare minimum basic paternity skills right there. Right, right. And we're talking about a widespread problem of you know, it just no one gets fed and it's just like, well... Live streamed it, it, it. 
if they had an excuse, like a, a priest just said to me, because he was he was concerned about this, <clears throat> he said to me, good holy priest. I mean, one of my favorite holy priests said, uh, well, is there ever any circumstance when, because I was complaining that the church should not have been closed. He said, is there ever any circumstance when the church should be closed? And I said, yes, as a matter of fact, there is. Close Walmart, close Planned Parenthood, and then you have an excuse for closing the church. Mm. The very last place that ever should close, and it never should actually, right. is the church. So I said, when they still allowed a thousand people into Walmart, when they still allowed, you know, Planned Parenthood to be open to kill babies, and and then they close the churches, they're listen, they'll burn in hell every single shepherd unless they fall on their knees and repent. They better do it publicly so that the people know that they made a mistake. Otherwise, the people are still informed that church is non essential unlike walmart and Planned Parenthood. yeah that's one thing that some people don't fully appreciate is priests like you and there are others as well it's not like you suddenly started an online apostolate the church is closed priests good priests went to their bishops and said how do we feed our people how do we get in the sacrament type priest they said well I'll just live stream it so priests actually got some webcams in their churches places that never had them before and started live streaming sermons. Now, you're a very gifted preacher. So suddenly people, I never heard of you before COVID. People are like, have you heard the Father Alton uh, sermon from Sunday? Nobody knew my name. I was very yeah, nobody. All of a sudden, I started hearing someone say, did you hear that Father Altman? And then like a few days later, yeah, that Father Altman guy. And pretty soon, like people are listening from all over the world to the Father Altman sermons. Again, this happened because the bishops shut it down people are sitting at home on sunday they love jesus christ they love the mass they want to receive the eucharist and they turn on a live stream and this is what they find i mean mm -hmm. surprise surprise youtube does rank videos based on popularity views yeah. whatnot and over a month period this kind of thing just started naturally happening yeah more and more people they the one good blessing out of COVID, they said, all the lockdowns is that they found me. Well, they didn't find me. They're not looking right. at me. Who would listen to me for two seconds if I wasn't right. speaking the truth? They found the truth spoken clearly. They found reverence in the holy sacrifice of the mass because mm -hmm. uh, it was a it was a whole it was a whole thing. It wasn't just yeah, just a live stream mass. Yeah. So um, the uh, the people were starving, yeah. and. I'll just to the day I to the day I die to, to the last day of eternity. Well, there's no end to eternity. I will never understand how a father could could deny his people his the food that they not feed them. I just there's listen, there's I just can't keep, say it enough. There's no excuse. Zero excuse. If it was as if it was a black plague raging through the streets of America. You know what? My church is open. And come in here, and I don't care if I get sick, because I'm going to take care of you to your last dying breath, to my last dying breath. That get, There's no excuse. So God, let me say it again with emphasis so people understand what I'm saying. There is no excuse for closing the church, period. None. And and that's what that priest asked me. Well, isn't isn't there some reason? What what's it take? I said, well, it'll take the same thing that it'll take to close down Walmart and Planned Parenthood. Yeah. That, they, they left those open. The bishops have no excuse, especially those Texas bishops. I mean, there's a good one down there. Right. But those ones that that uh, closed the church after the government gave them the exemption. Oh, 
Oh, better better someone had put the millstone around their neck and threw them into the Rio Grande. Our <laughs> Texas, somebody our Texas governor was like, open it up. And the Catholic bishops were dragging their feet. Yeah. How the dare Protestants How were dare going me? gangbusters. Uh, yeah. It's just so, it's so confusing. Now, you know, the analogy of a father not feeding his kids, we can take that analogy to the sacrament of penance. When someone's in mortal sin, it's like they have a knife wound, a fatal knife wound or a, a bullet blast in their gut or their chest. If it's not treated, it is terminal. Yes. The person dies. Yes. If mortal sin is not treated, the person dies spiritually, that is, he will be damned if he dies in mortal sin. That's a Catholic teaching yeah. that goes all the way back to the New Testament. It is faith right. and morals. It's infallible. So right. you basically, for almost a year, have people who are, A, not getting sustenance, food, children yeah. going hungry, on no sacraments, right. and then people walking around with knife and gun wounds. Yeah. Mortal sin, usually self-inflicted, always self-inflicted. And yeah. it's like a father saying, like, one of my kids comes up and half of his fingers hanging off or he's got a knife in his stomach. And I'm just like, yeah. well, I'm just I'm, daddy's kind of busy right now. <laughs> I mean, uh, how does, know, it's funny, but how does that work? How does any decent dad not immediately jump up, get a towel on it? Call an ambulance, put the child in the back seat of the car, and speed to the emergency room. I mean, I—that's what you do as a parent. You drop everything and you take care of this wound. You know? Do you know what it's called? Neglect and abuse in the law. If a yeah. parent doesn't take care of their child, it is neglect and it is abuse. It is abusive to not take care of your child. It's abusive to not get the medical care. It's abusive to not feed them. That is neglect and abuse. And that is exactly what the what the mitres of the church, most of them, did over the past year around the globe. Mm -hmm. Around the globe, they did this. I, you'd like to think that there would be some country, well, I think Poland was, where where the mitres would not shut down the, the mass. They would not shut down the sacraments of the people. But every, every place else, oh, my God in heaven. Get, millstone time, baby. I mean, it's just, wow. I, yeah, there's. I, I'm just dumbfounded. There, there will never be a good enough explanation because there is no excuse. Right. And then you look at some of the hierarchy, some bishops, and how <clears throat> zealous and evangelical and quasi-apostolic they were about go and get the vaccine, go and oh. wear the mask, and social yeah. distance. I mean, they were all the way down the line on these things. But when it yeah. comes to, well, my baby who was born three months ago still hasn't been baptized. They're like, hey, it's no big deal. Just wait off right. on that. Or confirmations are bumped. Yeah. Weddings bumped. Everything yeah. that they're supposed to do, they basically said, we are a non-essential <laughs> yeah. part of Aren't reality. We Funerals. For, we're supposed to go there to pray for the decedent. And they cut that out. They cut it like even, even here, you could have like nine people, including me. <laughs> wow I, I got 10 people in my family yeah right i know oh oh gosh and then you got that new jersey governor supported by cardinal joseph mm. tobin mm. who better repent or he's gonna burn in hell listen saint paul said it not me you know don't change the gospel or anathema sit right, right. let them be accursed 
Remember that that those I think it was 14 people wanted to attend the rabbi's funeral uh, the funeral for their rabbi. Mm-hmm. And the governor arrested them. He's that one that was on on Taylor. Or, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, he's on Fox News. He's the youngest, youngest of them. That guy. Uh, oh, I can I can just see his face. But anyway, um, and he said to the New Jersey governor, uh, well, didn't you consider the Bill of Rights? And the governor said, no, I didn't. I didn't even think about it. And he said, but but no worries, because Cardinal Tobin said it was an OK thing, too. He's he was the Catholic Church was supportive of me locking right. down and not letting people in because Tobin should have been he should have been on fire defending his flock and feeding his flock. And he didn't. You know, I, he didn't. He Listen, I'm not divisive because I mentioned that he's divisive because that's what he did. Right. Right. Okay, so you can't, let me just kind of summarize my yeah. memory here. I don't know in front of me, but you, you can't baptize. You can't say mass in public. You can't yeah. hear confessions. You can't preach. Mm-hmm. Um, you, no, I, I think I can hear confessions. I think that was, that was yeah. Can you yeah. go into St. James the Church and hear confessions? Oh, no. No, I can't okay. do that. Yeah. Okay, you can't do that. That's why um, he, he didn't even bother mentioning that. But, but if I saw you in an airport and said, Father Allman, hear my confession, you could do that. Yeah, that just happened to me. Okay. Somebody did that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yes, I can. Okay. And then you, you, there's something in there like you can't leave the diocese. I remember reading. What's that uh, I, about? Listen, so I know it's just it, indentured servants can still look forward to like seven years from now, they get to be free, right? <laughs> right. They're teaching yeah. me, they're treating me like a criminal. Like you got the little wrist uh, ankle bracelet around that you can't go anywhere. Uh, that listen, he, so he in this he says get out in thirty days. Well, like I, I started to say earlier on, you get two to four months to plan ahead, and you know where you're going to go, right? Because he said so. When he said, right. "Would you would you please leave St. Peter and Paul and come to St. James?" So I knew exactly where I was going to go. There was no thought process. I didn't have to spend an ounce of effort knowing where I was going to go. And now look at what kind of criminal he evicts you or tries to. He can't. Uh, he thinks he can, but that's what the tyrants do. They think they can just order us around. Listen, there's civil protections for me, especially like during COVID, right? They can't, they can't, they, what do you call it? Evict anybody. That's right. Uh, yeah, I know. He's in for a surprise, his little 30-day order. I don't know where I'm going to go. I have to figure out a place to stay. And he says, oh, you got 30 days, not only to figure that out, but to also then move myself. And he knows my parents have lived with me since, well, actually, they've lived with me since 1997. Right. And so he and they're knows they're in their 90s, Mike, right? Yeah, 1991. And and uh, so he said he actually got I, I just so staggered by the arrogance, pomposity, tyranny of somebody. Get, but like I said, I'm just grateful that he did it because it is so easy to reveal to the people how these little tyrants have treated all these other priests. It's not just me. I just happen to be now able to reveal to people just how these tyrants act. When a priest just simply speaks the truth that they don't like to hear. Remember, and this this May 19th homily I gave in 2000, 2020, where I talked about why seminarians don't speak up because they're beaten down or they're kicked out. And priests don't speak up because they'll come down like a like a hammer and try to destroy you and destroy, and take away your faculties. So so nobody will speak out. Uh, like I said, but I'm not going to sacrifice my integrity or people's souls on the altar of my faculties. If they take away my faculties, that's all on them, right? right? It's all on Bishop Callahan. It's on you, buddy. It's your fault. You bear the blood on your hands for every person around the globe now, because you know he knows that's true, that can't hear the truth because you try to stop it. I mean, my God in heaven, what? 
must he think of these miters that have canceled all these priests? I'm just an example that now people are going to become aware that when their priests like Father Parker, for instance, that Malloy has canceled a dozen of them. Uh, you know, he's the spawn of Weakland in, uh, in Milwaukee. Uh, they're going to know that all these priests that get canceled, that that this is how they're treated by these tyrants and miters. Uh, so I'm so I can only be thankful. Okay, Lord, if I have to, if I have to, how's that called? Take it for the team. Is that there's a phrase? Yeah, is take it, it for the is team. That what it is? Yeah, you take yeah. it for the team. Yeah. So so okay. All right. Well, okay. I'll take one for the team. The team of faithful Catholics. I'll defend them to my death. Uh, so yeah, people uh, don't yeah. understand. If you're a priest, your boss is superior. Is the bishop? He can pull your health insurance, your yeah. car, your house. Yeah. Right. Everything can be taken you're, away you're from you. Um, and there is no provision right. when you read that decree. There's no provision in there. Well, are you still going to pay me? Are you going to continue my health insurance? Uh, are you going to give me a food allowance? I mean, because part of our pay is a food allowance. Right. Nothing in there says anything about that. So I'm just supposed to all of a sudden up and move somewhere without any without any guidance about how they're going when we give our lives to the diocese the diocese is supposed to then take care of us through this this methodology they have where the parish takes care of it if you take me out of the parish who's going to who's going to take care of that after after 20 years of giving myself to the diocese and to these people it, there's no provision of it whatsoever i got, i just can't believe that they don't that they do but they, they've done this i i've talked to i don't know how many priests since this whole thing began where they're getting maybe 60%, if that, some not any income at all, right. no housing allowance, nothing. They, these tyrants and miters do that. And the people need to know that, what tyrants these people are. Whenever they hear of a canceled priest, realize some tyrant has, has gone after them. Yep. And and they didn't lay aside child molesters. They, yes. they, child, they didn't take away faculties of child molesters. They let them run free. They right. they helped them get to a new... They, they yeah, they transferred them. them. Yeah. Yeah, and and yet and yet they're coming after like me. Are you kidding me? No, it's it's yeah. It's, all I can say is thank you, Lord, because now people are finally going to know the truth. And you know, just to take an example, McCarrick, true, yeah. he's not a cardinal anymore. You got laicized right. and all that, but yeah. they have taken care of him even to this day. Yes, even yes. to this very day. Yes. In a way, he has more royal treatment than you do. Yeah. Oh, wait. And more. look at what he, you want to talk about divisive oh. and wicked. Wicked. How can it's it a good be? Word. Wicked. Yeah. How can it be that this, these men yep. who claim to be the, the successors of the apostles, yeah. the shepherds of the one true church yeah. that they call black, white, white, black, good, evil, evil, good. Yeah. Right. And then that they is, turn to is, us, Father Altman, and they say, "Write us checks, give I, us money." I know. Well, that's why. That's why we have that campaign going. Not one more penny. Somebody just told me that they got ten thousand postcards with all uh, pictures of all the canceled priests. I guess I'm on there too. Okay. And in big red letters, not one more penny. And they want to have billboards like outside our cathedral that say that, "Not one more penny." And so people, because people are fed up. They, you know, the faithful ones that have supported their church all this time, they they have supported the church, the, their parish, right. and their parish got, they got locked out of their <laughs> parish. God, yeah, and grandma God, didn't get a funeral. Yeah, I know. She they gave money all those years and grandma didn't get a funeral. Yes. I can't, 
if, if this is a business being divisive, just because I talk about it doesn't right. make me the divisive one. That it is staggering. You, if you did, if it wasn't real, if this wasn't a true story that played itself out over the last fifteen months, we just we couldn't even make this up. No. Hollywood could make up a story this bizarre. That that grandma didn't get a funeral. That's mm-hmm. another good line. You know, people will remember those lines. Right. Grant, you want money? Grandma didn't get. Listen, in my diocese, <laughs> you know, I can't believe it. Man, back when Bishop Listecki was here, they had a fifty-some million dollar capital campaign that was supposed to be fix everything and put a whole bunch of money back, so in for future needs. And it was uh, called "We Belong to Christ." They come up with their own little phrase, right? All of a sudden, in the midst of this lockdown. My own diocese now comes up with this um, plan for they want to raise like $45 million for pretty much unspecified reasons, like strategic planning or something. You are you lock the people out of the church and and now you're coming for money. Are you kidding me? No, 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 sir. The, the people, they. They are so out of touch with the people. I can't. I can't believe it. They, what do they think these people? They, they must. How stupid do they think we are? I just. I. They think I we're really it. stupid. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Really stupid. How well, out of and touch? Yeah. The, yeah. there's also this whole idea of holding sacraments for ransom that we need to start talking about, and that yeah. is, oh, you want to have a tone like that? You want to support that priest? You want to have the Latin mass? You want communion in the hand? We can make the whole list, the whole litany of of things that we, we as Catholic, we want to hear sermons, right? We want more confession time. Oh, you want that? Well, if you're going to have that tone or you're going to have that, I'm going to take these sacraments away from you. I'm going to hold them hostage. And where are you going to go? You're going to go to the Methodist church, right? You're going to go to the, no, you're not going anywhere. You know that you have to be here. And so we're going to hold it ransom. Right. And that's I wrong. Oh. That's just wrong. Do you know there was, of, of all the things the Protestants could complain about, I guess, uh, one of the things I think Luther started this is he said, the Eucharist can't be really the Eucharist because God would not put into the hands of priests Correct. the capacity to deny that which is necessary for salvation to anybody. So he said, that can't be. It has to be by our own personal faith alone. That yes. was one of the That's big Luther. And Luther also said, it can't be that Christ would allow himself to go into the mouth right. of a sinner. Like right. Martin Luther would be, if he was alive today, he'd be like, how could you believe that Jesus, the second person of Trinity, would go yeah. into the mouth of Joe Biden? That doesn't make any, this is Luther. Right. This is not what we believe, yeah. people. Right, right. This is right. his argument. How could, yeah. why would the, the second person of Trinity, holy of holies, allow himself to go into Joe Biden's house. We talked about this at our lunch up in uh, Holland. The Protestants were feeding the Eucharist to swine in the public square, telling the Catholics, trying to get them to be Protestants. Obviously, this isn't really Jesus or he wouldn't allow himself to go into the mouths of swine. This is how people converted to Protestantism. These are the arguments. By the way, Pius V commissioned Philip II to go kill all those people. So much for no death penalty. Yeah, but Pius V right. told Philip II of Spain, go kill all those people feeding the Eucharist to the swine. And they did. Right. They did. Those people right. got killed. They got their desserts. Yeah. Right. But this is the this is the bad theology of Luther. We actually believe that Christ yeah. in his humility allows himself to be scourged, allows himself to be crucified, exactly. and even allows himself to be blasphemed and sacrileged in the Eucharist and received by sinners. Right. That's why the Eucharist... And proper catechesis and protection are required. 
Yes. Yes. That's right. That's right. hundred percent right. But, but what's been going on now for the last 50 years, at what percentage are the bishops going to wake up and say, now it's 80 percent. Don't believe in the real presence. Yeah. Why shouldn't they? You just made it non-essential, didn't you? Right. Shepherds, mitres of the Catholic Church in America, uh, most of them just made it non-essential. Oh, oh, I, I, you, listen, I don't want to be a Catholic priest if that's what it means, that it's not essential. I laid down my life right. because it is essential, right? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? It's essential. Lay down, look, I just saw again, and every time I see it, I just get this this feeling of, just of horror in the pit of my stomach. Remember, it's a big picture that goes around, not so much Miguel Prol, though that Viva Cristo Rey when he's being shot is pretty impressive, but that priest is standing there in his bretta with his hands folded like this, yep. and there's the firing squad ready to shoot him, yep. and they killed him because he celebrated the holy sacrifice of the mass. Now that guy's in heaven. Yeah. Zero of these bishops, these mitres, denied mass. They're not going. They're they're not going to heaven unless they repent. They better do it publicly because they have led the people astray. It would be nice if, as a group, at the USCCB, on camera, got down on their knees, apologized to God and to His faithful for having treated the faithful so horrifically over the past year. Do you think that's going to happen? No, not going to happen. Yep, I'm going to put that picture up on the screen here. I think this was Mexican Revolution. It's either Spanish or Mexican. But yeah, there's the it was, priest. It was, He's well, in his... 1926, right? Yeah, full investments. Full, full, uh, yep. And, and, he, and he's standing there with his hands folded. And he's and he's literally moments before the firing squad shoots him dead. Because he believed. Yeah. If it's just bread. Yeah. yeah. Take a nine-month sabbatical. No, Right. Yeah. But if it but if it is the real presence, then you you, sh you show it. Right. right. Is, that, is that one product? You've heard it before. It's uh, it's uh, um, kind of an apocryphal statement that the Protestant asks the Catholic, do you believe that's really Jesus in the real presence in the in the Eucharist, in the tabernacle? And the Catholic says, oh, yeah, yeah, I believe that. He says, well, I don't believe that you believe, because if I believe what you believe, I'd be in here every day on my face before that tabernacle, because it is who it is. That's Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. So how many of these bishops, how many of these mitres actually believe it's a real presence? You know, actions speak a lot louder than words, mitres. So, right. yeah, they don't believe. Did you just put it up? Because I didn't see it. I, I, you I, couldn't see it, but I, everybody else saw it. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So you did, I, was, I kept waiting for it to show up. No, it came up. But unfortunately, you're, it doesn't show on your side, but it came up. Okay. You know, All one right. of the things that people say against you, Father, because I've, I've, I've been following your story, and then I, I'm on social yeah. media, and I see other people talk about yeah. you and make videos, yeah. whatever. Um, sure. One of them is your tone. Yep. Father Altman says some good things, but his tone is bad his tone is yeah. off and i think it's funny because over the past year we have this other phrase of being tone deaf and the yeah. bishops are tone deaf and but then they but then the bishop's saying well your tone is bad it's like yeah. maybe turn on your your hearing aids and listen <laughs> to the people they like to talk about the people of god that's one of their favorite catchphrases yeah. the people yeah. of god yeah. why don't you turn the hearing aids on and listen to the people of god i mean we're talking about hundreds of thousands of people yeah. saying can we please get a sermon like Father Altman's once a month? Yeah. <laughs> or how about every day? Because that, listen, every single I went in every single day fully prepared. Some of the some of the greatest hits or views or something were like on Tuesday homilies right. in the middle of the week. Um, here's the thing. 
Okay, if you don't like my tone, then don't listen. I don't pretend to be, nor could any human being be, all things to all people. But if a million people want to watch this one thing over here because they actually appreciate the tone and it means something, it helps them understand the truths of the faith, who is that other person? Well, I don't like his tone. Well, then don't listen. But don't deny the other person who happens to like that tone, deny them the right to listen. Right. So I, even if they were right, well, I don't like Father Altman's tone. That's a personal preference. You know, I don't like, um, I don't know, Brussels sprouts, right? I like, <laughs> I like it. Um, so, so I'm not going to eat Brussels. Well, then don't listen to me. But don't complain about those. I mean, how, how arrogant, self-centered, egocentric do they have to be to say, well, I don't like his tone, therefore you can't listen to him? That doesn't even make sense. That is, yeah. Well, and you know, I think, God made men and women different and distinct. Yep. My wife and I have eight kids. Yeah. I have certain natural and supernatural gifts, I think, in my vocation as a dad to my kids. And my yep. wife has certain gifts and supernatural things for as the mother towards the kids. And, and yep. this is why we believe in holy matrimony as Catholics, because every child by divine right is entitled to have a mom and a dad. Not yeah. a mom and a mom or a dad or a dad or a single mom. Now, I know tragic things yeah. do happen in life, widow, yeah. widowhood and all these things. But every child needs mm -hmm. that father and that mother. And one thing I noticed yeah. is men can get together and we can, and it's more about well, what are you saying, right? With my wife, tone is much more important. The way, the way my kids talk to my wife, she doesn't like that tone, right? Because, yeah. and this is part of the things that we men have a problem with and communicate. I mean, I've been married 20 years, just had my 20th anniversary. Yeah. I still Kinder. don't pick up on the tone cues and these other, I just say, well, <laughs> I heard X, Y, Z and I thought X, Y, Z, but there's also other elements of communication pushed into right. it that we men right. are just not as good at. It's just, I think it's yeah. just, that's just how it is, ladies. Right? Right. But right. what, what I find interesting well, is... I'll be the first to tell you you're right, by the way. Of course. <laughs> every man watching right now is like, mm-hmm. And yeah, then all the yeah, women are like, <laughs> I don't like his tone. I don't like Taylor Marshall's tone right now. Yeah. But yeah. what I've noticed in these conversations, when I hear bishops and priests talk about other bishops and priests about their tone, it's very effeminate. This is, yeah. this is not talking man to man, as you and I would right. talk. It's right. talking about... The, the tone and all these these elements instead of go, going after the truth the dogma the faith the morals what are we talking about here it's like we're at a war the yeah. enemy is coming what do we do now we have five minutes right it's right. this tone yeah yeah have you ever listened to james martin speak i mean i'm sure you've had to endure it no i never uh, <laughs> yes of course i have well the point is it's not i sometimes father i don't know how much you watch this podcast but i i do a sj impersonation every time i do a liberal thing <laughs> i drop into a voice that's kind of become a running thing and yes so i have heard i have heard the sj yes. so, inflection yeah. points but when you listen to some of these people is there these these miters they're not manly men are supposed to lead people followed general Patton to their death Knowing, knowing, because they knew in advance, you know, a huge chunk of us are going to die. Right. But they, but they did it willingly because they would follow the leader who led, and even, even they, and they did it because they were dying for those they loved back home. 
So the, the people would actually follow the show. And by the way, a lot of women, I think it's perhaps the majority of the letters and emails I get or the comments, which I, I rarely, rarely ever, ever seen. Uh, people talk about it, but I don't see them. Well, I haven't got too much. I'm just trying to work here. Uh, so I don't even have time for that. Uh, but they're from women. Yeah. That appreciate women want men themselves. to be men. Women, yeah. women are women and they think like women. That's great. But they expect men to be men. My wife doesn't men. want me to prance around the house like a <laughs> and to act like a woman. She and yeah. that's the thing. Women don't want weak, effeminate, pushover priests. Yeah, and you know what? Men don't either, though. Exactly. Oh yeah, the, that they're the first ones to leave when that happens. Oh, exactly. exactly. You're lucky exactly. to get them to right. smoke a cigarette outside during mass at that point. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I, you know, they can complain about manner and tone all they want, but. That's just because they have a problem with it because they're effeminate. Yes. That's really what the, that's really what the issue is. I mean, if you listen to any of these miters that really do the most complaining, how effeminate yes. are they? Oh, it just gives me the creeps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's it's good because men and women check each other. You know, men, their vices are lust, ambition. Mm-hmm. Women, their vices, I might get in trouble for this vanity, social competition. <laughs> And, and, you know, these are sort of things that I think are universal, you know, and, but when, when men, he made us different, he made us different and we, we compliment and check one another. Yes. And I think when you, when you have, for example, you know, homosexuality or feminacy, you don't have the checks on lust, ambition, and then you have a surge in social competition, vanity, and it's just a downward spiral of, yeah. of vice and it's it's a very ugly yeah. thing to watch yeah. we're getting a I lot am. of we're getting a lot of women in the live chat that like what we're saying so that's good <laughs> oh hello everybody i, I don't <laughs> see that over on my screen either i don't know that they need to it's to me it's, and this is always the case for me it's just like you and i having a conversation sitting around well i don't like beer so that doesn't help me but you know sitting around having a beer or something and just talking uh i mean that's what we do yeah yeah I don't think I've ever walked away from a conversation saying, I don't like that guy's tone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not he's talking like a man. Yeah. So, so what's next father? I mean, what's the yeah. next step? We've, you've mentioned you're appealing to Rome. You have 10 days right. mm-hmm. to appeal from. I've heard that if a priest doesn't know his stuff and he gets one of these letters and he doesn't appeal in 10 days, he's totally screwed. Is that true? Yeah. Totally screwed. Totally yeah. screwed in canon law. you like, totally, you are just toasted. Totally, totally screwed. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly right. And it's like, but in the in the civil law, it's kind of the same thing. If you don't file your answer within a certain period of time, you are kicked out and you don't get to file an answer and the judgment will be held against you. So uh, it's the same way in the, in, the, in the ecclesial courts are just as draconian in their application of that deadline as, as anybody else. And so to, if you got canceled out of the blue, like say Father Parker, for instance, mm-hmm. and you don't... Uh, don't even know a canon lawyer to talk to, to, to ask, or to even, that is even free enough to do what they need to do in that period of time, you're screwed. So fortunately, I didn't have that problem. My canon lawyer was on top of his game and uh, and is getting it. In fact, he was just texting me, so I think he may have texted me the, the response. Um, so that, that, that gets done, then I think there's probably another response from the other side. But keep in mind now, because I said at the beginning, I have yet to see the file. They won't let me look at my file. They won't let me look at the complaint against me. And and that that in and of itself is just so – that's why I think they're going to get overturned just at the beginning on this whole thing because they didn't give me that opportunity. If you ask your bishop, 
what have I done to deserve this? What is the response? What is his response? Yeah, his response. Um, well, he won't tell me the truth. So the true response is other bishops have given, harassed him. Hey, you've got this rogue priest over there. Shut him up. Shut him down. Mm -hmm. So he would pretty much let me go. You know, here's what he could have done, and he didn't do it. He could have. This could have been resolved. There, none of this would be happening if, <clears throat> when the Lacrosse Tribune first wrote that hit piece on me and lied about me about mass attendance, if he would have just said, "I don't like his manner and tone. That's a personal preference." But as he said in September, he speaks the undeniable truth, and I stand by Father Altman. If he would have issued that like two, one or two sentence response, it would have all gone away. But the minute right. he didn't, the minute he started in and agreeing with them, they were like sharks smelling blood in the water. I was about to say that, got, exactly. Just, Shark and of week. Course, as the left goes nuts, well, then the right rushes to defend, and as they should. Right. And, and so now we have this mess on our hands, and it's Bishop Callahan's fault 100%. 100%. Not even 99. It's his fault entirely. And, and but yeah, he's that he and the rest of the crew there are too arrogant to figure that out. He would have he just should have said the right thing, but he didn't because he's got people like Supich breathing down his neck saying, Hey, you better silence that rogue priest over there. You know, what in the heck is father? I'm greatly disturbed that Father Altman went to Chicago, right. uh, which I never would have known because I have not looked at my file. I've, I've seen exactly one day for about an hour and a half, if that, way back in February since I was since I first entered seminary in 2002. So, uh, all he had to do, he could have put an end to it, but he didn't. And now he's to blame for 100% of what's followed on. And, and you know, it's, but glory be to God, as I say, every, every false move, every foolish move uh, is now going to reveal to all people how their own priests have been sidelined and canceled. Uh, so, yeah, yep. I'm, I, I can only give thanks to God for it. And remember Romans 8:28, all things work to the good. Yep. I mean, one thing my people know, is that through it all, I fed them. I would not right. not feed them. I I did, I went, did, I bent over backwards to make sure every single parishioner that wanted to be fed was fed. I was celebrating mass in, in homes. Okay, it was exhausting. There was, like I said, there used to be this thing where I, where I called, okay, I wasn't like clocking out because you're never, you never clock out. You're 24-7, you're 365. But uh, there'd be moments where I could just say, okay, I can just relax. I can rest. Uh, it has not been the case since it started because I care, because I care for my children. Uh, I want to feed my family. Otherwise, like I said, what's the point of even being a priest? What is the point? Right, right. So, yeah. Well, so I want to I take some questions. Is it okay we take a couple questions? Oh, yeah, go okay, ahead. Okay, great. And yeah, then while I'm people here. are sending in their questions here, I'm just going to ask you, what's the, what's the long-term game plan? So we have an a, a, uh, appeal to Rome, some kind of process for a year. Um <laughs> If that goes good, do you get to be pastor again at St. James? What, what, where do you kind of see, he's, he's the, I don't know yeah. you want to reveal too much, but where do you kind of see yourself in two to five years? Yeah. Well, well, again, it was only since last Thursday. So right. <laughs> Hasn't been one week. Yeah. Um, it can go one of two ways. Uh, and it can take a really, really long time. So it can take as much as five years if if the rota drags its feet or it just doesn't or if it goes back and forth. Like he can go up on appeal. They'll send it back to the trial court right. for further finding of facts. And it goes back up on appeal again. So make it back and forth. It could take a long time. So what do I do in the meantime? Well, Bishop has failed 100 percent to tell me that he wants me to do this instead during the pendency of this appeal. 
Um, and nor how he's supposed to support me, like the, how that is going to come, that I'm going to get wages and stuff like that. So where, where do I see myself? Well, if, if, for instance, say in a year, say it's resolved in a year, in my year, he's duty bound to put me back at St. James. But this point is such an, almost an unbridgeable chasm uh, that I don't know how we're, we're I don't see how we're ever going to get past this. With because he created this unbridgeable chasm, uh, there is no way on God's green earth I'm going to another parish. Not going to do it. Right. Um, now, last Thursday, um, the only parish I'd come back to is St. James. Okay. And uh, and not because I could say, ha I see, I vindication. No, I, I couldn't care less about vindication. I just wanted to be back with the people I love, the parish that. Uh, that we uh, developed together a family of faith. Uh, but he, but by the time by the time this happens, that family will have changed dramatically hmm. because uh, so so what will I come back to? Something I have to build up again? Uh, I, I just see it as an unbridgeable chasm. So I don't I don't see any good end to this, no matter whether it's favored decided in my favor or not. Right. So in the meantime, uh, I have to make a living, I guess. Uh, the um, people have been very kind uh, and generous in in supporting these these online donation causes, which can be used for legal defense, my health insurance, or living expenses that I have. So I think, you know, if that hadn't happened, I probably would have been a slightly more nervous or more cons- again. Keep in mind, it was only last Thursday. Uh, planning. Well, now what? What do I do? Do I go back to earning a living as well? I'm still a lawyer, but. Um, that I, I guess in the meantime, I'd write some books, uh, right. get three, three different people, uh, organizations that want me to write, write these books. And, uh, you, you know, the title of the first one I told you, didn't I? Lies our bishops told us. No, I didn't, you didn't tell me that. Yeah, that's it's, I've already begun it. I'd begun it long before this happened. Uh, I'd begun this book <clears throat> to talk about how the rot went, came into the church and I was going to go back as far as Cardinal Dearden, but you could go back to, you know, the, what's that called? The Enlightenment and the Bond Day and all that stuff. You've already done. In fact, I, I gave you a shout out recently because I said he's already done a lot of his work with Infiltration. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I heard hey, that. listen, if you haven't read Infiltration, get that book, read it. It is, it is just that good. So, um. I didn't tell that, him to say that, by the way. No, he, no, he did not pay me anything <laughs> for this. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh. So that that's what that's what I'm going to start working on. And I know some people have said, you, "Listen, you got to get her done. You got to get it done right now." Right. Uh, so there was some speaking uh, request to, to be appearance. Uh, so, for instance, with Church Militant and uh, Life Sites, uh, there's a couple groups that that want to help me over this and help me through this. Let the voice of truth not be silenced. Because you know what, uh, what he's done is he's only uh, made it much worse. Than it could have been. If he, if he thinks it's bad now, and such that he had to go so far as to, you know, he shouldn't have taken away my faculties because now I have nothing to lose, right? Yes. I have absolutely nothing to lose, which means I am unleashed. So if he right. thought it was bad before, oh, oh, he has right. no clue. I can't, I can't understand how he doesn't have any clue, but I don't understand how any of the any of the miters close their churches. It just makes no sense to deny people access to to salvific grace that they must have. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so um. What I see in the future is I'm going to write some books and uh, and uh, and 
people, if listen, if people don't want to hear me, they won't call me up and say, hey, could you come here or come there? Uh, if they do want me to come in and I can, then I'd be happy to. Uh, because I was just, I was not going to CPAC this last weekend because I had a parish to run. And I was very happy. I'd be very content to have gone over there and celebrated the masses on Sunday. Um, but but that opened up and somebody said, well, come on down. So I, I went on down. And as you know, I got to give the opening prayer, which was extraordinary. Okay. I had not, well, I didn't, until I walked out on the stage that first time, I did not know what I was even going to be seeing, how big that room was right. and how many thousands of people would be there. So um, all of whom applauded vigorously and cheered. Yep. So Welcome they didn't to Texas. Even know, they, they did not know I was <laughs> they did not know I was coming because uh, yep. I didn't even know I was coming. So when they announced me right at that very beginning, when I walked out from that black curtain that they part for you, um, <laughs> they just there I was. And there and I look out and here, here they all are uh, clapping and cheering. And uh, so so I guess I'll, I guess if somebody wants me to come and talk, I'd be happy to if I can, if I've got time to do. But in the meantime, what I have to do now is I have to find a place for myself and my parents right. to live. And oh, but, but even this, even this, oh, and you have to live in the Diocese of La Crosse. Well, listen, I don't have to live anywhere. If you're not, li- what, what hold right. do you have? If, especially when you're not, you haven't yeah. told me that you're paying me. I guess right. if you're my employer and you're paying me, I'll try to do what you say. Mm-hmm. But I don't have to do that 24-7. And that's not being disobedient. Yep. You know, I have to, I have to look out for myself and my parents. And so I have to figure out what's best for them. And, and there aren't many places in this diocese where I'd even let them live. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so I guess in the immediate future, my next two months are going to be planning where I'm going to live and finally eventually moving out. It certainly isn't going to be within 30 days. That's right. impossible. Yeah. And, yeah. and also, it's so unjust. Like I said, I would have had two to four months if he said, would you, would you go over here? And I did it voluntarily. This tyrant orders 30 days. No way, buddy. Get, and, and you know what? Like I said, the people are going to find out what little tyrants you are. Uh, when you pull stuff like that, they, I wouldn't treat a dog that badly, right. you know, to say, oh, get out in 30 days. How yeah. dare you say such a thing to me or any other priest? Right. How dare him? Right. I get, get, you, it's, listen, you it to evict somebody is minimum 60 days in Wisconsin. And you can't even do it now during the pandemic. Sure. So this this little tyrant order, who's he getting his advice from? I I don't know. But they're they're Doesn't in look the good. Doesn't look good. All right. Here's the next question from August okay. Day. Well, yeah. Owen, I saw in your farewell letter to your parish that you have both canon and civil lawyers. Can we gather from that that you are considering a civil suit? And if so, under what legal theory would you bring such a suit? Prayers from right. Dallas. Yeah. Do you want to that, answer that one or not? You know, no, I, I'd be happy to answer okay. part of it anyway. Um, the answer is 100% yes, um, because uh, what he has done, uh, and and I happen to know some of this is true, because I'm aware of a few things that are in that file, that cherry-picked file, that he has promulgated to other people written letters against me that are patently false. And it was upon those false letters that other two other priests agreed with him, yeah, 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 cancel them, right? So, so that, that, is, that is one civil theory, but uh, I'd, it'd be premature. Like I said, I only had since... since Thursday, um, there, there's not much doubt in my mind that that's what's coming. I and mean, it's unfortunate. Uh, I never would have sought this. Just leave me alone. Right. Just let me stay here. And if people want to listen to me, don't deny them the right to listen to me either. Uh, no matter what the, the manner and tone is. So um, they, they listen, they caused this. 
like I said, Callahan 100% caused it because he didn't he didn't write one simple sentence. I don't like his manner and tone, but he speaks the undeniable truth. Therefore, I stand with my priest. Um, that should have been the press release, but he didn't do it. So, so what comes down the pike now? Look in the mirror, uh, uh, William Patrick Callahan, and say it's all my fault, like, like your fault, not mine. Right. Uh, yeah. So, so there is there's stuff coming, but it's premature to say exactly what it is or how it will play itself out. Right. Okay. Good. Um, you know, Father Pavone, I think he just won a civil lawsuit. There's a, I'm supposed to get in touch with this attorney in, uh, in the Michigan uh, that can handle this kind of stuff and, or help at least with somebody that can help it here uh, because he was libeled by, by the Detroit Archdiocese. Uh, boy, that's a, that's a snake pit over there. I, as I said to Alan uh, Vigneron, listen, clean up your own house. Clean up, you know, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. So clean up your own house before you come complaining about me. You know, he, they lied to me. They, they sent me a letter saying, well, um, we didn't try to interfere with your appearing at the Call to Holiness conference. I sat right there and watched the Zoom, the Zoom thing where they, you know, how it has a bunch of little boxes. Sure. Where he was saying exactly that. How dare he then put in writing that they didn't do anything. They didn't really attempt at all in any way to interfere with that. That's a lie. That's a bald faced lie coming out of the Archdiocese of Detroit. I'm not surprised. Right. Right. Okay, another question. All right, another question. Uh, this is from Dr. Jonathan Gemmel. Um, I think you talked about this on, on RTF. Would Father Altman consider being a priest in the SSPX? Yeah. So, you know, uh, again, it's only since Thursday right? when yeah. I thought I was canceled. So my mind is swimming. And, well, what do I do? Uh, would there be another order that would uh, accept me? Right. Uh, and I guess I'm you could throw into this question, you know, FSSP, Institute of Christ the King, other orders. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm actually curious, What would it be difficult to transfer to another diocese to say Strickland yeah. took you? But right. I'll also, I'll well, let you finish the SSPX one. Yeah. It's, a lot of people are interested in that one. There's, that that right. question's been asked about eight times in the chat. Yeah. Um, It's such a deep theological question uh, on the SSPX. I think that they have, uh, and I'm no expert at all. <clears throat> They've had their, their sex abuse scandals just like every other diocese in the United States and around the world. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold that so much against them uh, because everybody's done this. Um, and my understanding is this, these, these incidents took place not even in the United States, but other places, other countries. So, uh, that that wouldn't be. I'm just thinking off the top of my head now. Yeah. And I, and there's no. There's been a, at least one scandal I know of in the U.S. and other accusations. So I think okay. it's U.S. and international. To US be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Yeah. Um, but it's it's been everywhere though. So uh, I mean, you can't go to a single diocese in this country where there hasn't been scandals. Uh, La Crosse is one of the least, and yet yet there were there were problems here uh, in the past. So you can't go to another diocese without the bishop of your diocese releasing you. So, for instance, when Father Kalchik, if I understand this correctly, wanted to go back to Michigan. He's in Chicago, him. right? Yeah. He's the one who burned the uh, rainbow flag. Right. right. Yeah. Burning, in Chicago. Celebrating yeah. the mass, right? <laughs> right. That picture of Bernadine standing underneath that. Wow. It's My staggering. Goodness. 
Well, anyway, so so my understanding is that Supic refused to release him because a bishop has to release you to go to another diocese right. at the same time. as, And I've seen this in live and in action because we've had priests from Africa incarnate into the Diocese of the Cross. And you, you get the letter from the bishop over there saying, yep, I'm giving you permission. And then you get this bishop accepting him. So that's kind of to go to an order is a different thing. But, um, you know, even if even if I was. There's notoriety that comes with, I guess, baggage. Let's call it baggage. It's just bad baggage, as some people would think of it that way. What order would even want to accept me? So, uh, <laughs> right, right. It's, you know, Father David Nix, he's a hermit. He's sure. got his own little thing going out there. And there are other people that are hermits. And so uh, the church frowns upon having freelancers, as it were. Uh, so they don't really care for that. Uh, and they're still beholden to a particular diocese. You just can't. There's no such thing as a freelancer. Right. So, um if this means that uh, if by speaking the truth and speaking it in a manner tone that some bishop doesn't like, if that's what uh, speaking the truth has cost they, the capacity to serve in that way towards people, well, then I have to give that up to God, don't I? Um, and I don't have to answer for it. The person who, who restricts you, who takes it away, is the one that has to answer for that. And, uh, and there's no, like I said, there's no excuse for saying this division. They have caused a division. I only talk about it. So... Um, what what's going to happen in the future? I, I guess I don't know. Uh, the it would be nice for S it like for instance SSPX or or something else, um, some other order uh, to. I, I mean, my heart's in being a parish pastor. Right. Uh, so uh, even even places like FSSP or the institute, they still have a parish within control of the diocese. Yeah, see, I'm thinking in order for you to be in the FSSP or the Institute, you'd have to be released by bishop, your bishop right. to join one of those. So it seems like if there was a complete, you know, bridge burning and there's no way back, I think the only yeah. way you could go would be something like the Society of St. Pius X or maybe something independent or who knows what God has in store in the future. Right. Things are pretty rocky right now in general in the Catholic Church, as we yeah. all know, post pre-COVID, but certainly post-COVID. Yeah, and listen. Within six months, who knows what fresh right. hell is coming on this earth? You've exactly. just you've surely seen the headlines. I don't even have time to watch news, so I don't pay much attention. But now there's this. What do they call it? They call it a variant that's already sweeping yeah. according to the news. Yeah, Delta across Europe, and and is coming here, and we better watch out. Listen, they they already warned us that the second wave is going to be yeah. worse. <laughs> they know exactly what they're talking about. So because this is all such a pandemic, prepared, orchestrated demic. Um, so we six months from now, this whole conversation could be moot because right. uh, that that the, the country is has been shut down again, and, and they know that they can do it because they did it once before. And the bishops, the miters, did not fight for them and say your authority ends at my front door. They didn't do it. They failed miserably. Failed. Failed miserably. Uh, so <laughs> listen, hell's coming. We've been warned about this, by the way. Our blessed mother started warning us about it in in 1917. So hell is coming and, and build your arcs, build your spiritual arcs more importantly than your temporal arcs because you're going to need it. And that's, that's the great sin of this whole shutdown. Well, the one thing we needed more than anything is oil in our lamps. We yeah. needed to prepare spiritually. And they wouldn't fill up. We go to the, it's like you go to the store to get oil for your lamp and they said, no, we're not giving it to you. Oh my gosh. I don't even know what to say. Yeah. 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 So I don't well, know what the future holds. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's 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 a complicated question. And again, this is not even one. This this situation is not even one week old. Right. Yeah, this step right. all happened to happen on Thursday. We're recording this on a Wednesday. 
So yeah. just a yeah. week, just a week. Well, um, Father, I know people are supporting you through petitions. I know LifeSite has done, have they done two petitions? They've done two, yeah. Are those still alive? Yeah. Which, go... By the way, we're sitting over there on the, the side the sidebar thing with all those boxes of positive mail. They weren't included in this little file, I see. right? Just a couple letters from disgruntled uh, former parishioners, I think, are in there. Right. Uh, somebody that said, I denied them Holy Communion, and I have never done that once in, in 14 years of ordination since I was a deacon. Not once. Not even once. Mm -hmm. And so that they put those letters in there without checking with me first, without saying, hey, or, or even telling me, hey, Father, uh, we got this complaint that you denied somebody Holy Communion. Right. Is there any truth to this? And if so, why? Right. At, at which point I would say, there's zero truth to it. It has never happened, ever. And and who is this person that's complaining? And how do you know that they're even were even in attendance on the day they claimed that I actually did? They did none of this, but they included it in that little file to justify canceling me. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I encourage people to number one pray for you. Uh, I think I think maybe I don't know if writing Bishop Callahan is effective. I don't know if we're beyond that now, but there's the petitions. There's the the go. Is it GoFundMe? Is that still going no, on? GoFundMe actually charges a percentage. There's yeah. there's two things. One's on LifeSite News, and one's on the Veritas and Caritate, mm -hmm. uh, or Caritate and Veritas. Caritas and Veritate, I think, is the name okay. of it. Um, it's but you can you can find it. It's, the newspapers can find it because they keep complaining. Right. The Lacrosse Tribune keeps complaining about the fact that people have supported me. Right. <laughs> They're so vicious down there. <laughs> the the left wing Marxist media is just so vicious. Um, the what I don't need, I've already said. Listen, Gates even says it in the statements that that I'm going to help other priests who have been canceled. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're working on that kind of stuff now. Um, yeah. Good. Good. So everybody support them. I, I've made a video. We've done an interview before. I also made a video. We must. It was a pretty popular video. It's called We Must Defend Father Altman. That I know one you of the did early that, ones I, I put on. Thank you. That was and really I was just awesome. like, hey, we can't. One of the, the theme of that video was, hey, we can't just be excited about Father Altman for two weeks and then move on to the next thing. Like we when, when this happens to our priest, we have to support them. And it is a long process. The appeals a year. Right. So we have to keep on this. I've been saying, of course, I always say pray the rosary every day. You're not on the team. Pray yes. the rosary. Yeah. But maybe maybe make it a devotion where one decade is for the priests. Yeah. For, and not just for me, because I yeah, just the priests. a notorious one. But this has happened hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And like I said, in, in Malloy's diocese, he's done it at least a dozen times. Right. Yeah. So we got to do that. And, you know, we got to pray the rosary. One of the things we talked about at lunch, Father told me about yeah. this beautiful family, something like 12 kids. They're yeah. all practicing the faith. They're marrying other Catholics. And I was like, Father, how do they do this? We got to bottle this. And he, yeah. and he said, Father Altman, I said, what's the secret? And tell them everybody the secret. So, yeah. So I was coming back from the rehearsal dinner and I asked the father because I was just overwhelmed by the beauty of all 12 kids. And uh, he said, well, he was like, he was so humble about it. <laughs> well, we pray the Holy Rosary every day as a family. And in fact, the teenagers, if they happen to be out of the house, had to call in at family prayer time. They had they, the only time that, that, that when they get married, then they can set up their own family tradition. But until they're married, they're calling in every day or being there present. And they're praying the Holy Rosary together. And I saw it with my own eyes because we went to Mass at noon, right? And, and, they, and when we got done with Holy Mass, they then 
prayed the rosary in the church while we waited to start the rehearsal. I get home that night and, um, and they said, uh, well, they, would you pray the rosary again? And because Lysite was coming over to, to interview me and that, they prayed the rosary and celebrated the Holy Sacrifice again because some of it was first Friday and some of the kids hadn't been able to make the first Friday mass. And they were very much concerned that they fulfilled their first Friday uh, duty. And so that happened again. It was it was so uh, profoundly beautiful uh, to, to do. So they so many of the family went prayed the rosary twice together and went to Holy Mass together twice on a Friday. So that was the first thing that, that they prayed, the, prayed together as a family. That's absolutely fundamental to staying together. Well, somebody said that, pray together, that families that pray together stay together. The other thing was daily mass. So they're fed with the Holy Eucharist, which again is why it was such a, a diabolical, godless move to close the churches and not let people come to daily mass. How dare they take, the, take away the one thing they needed? Uh, so it's praying the rosary, Holy Eucharist. And those are St. John Bosco's, that's his dream, right? right you have right. the one pillar, the Holy Eucharist, the other pillar, our Blessed Mother and the Holy Rosary. Those are the two pillars of our life of faith. And if we're not doing that, who's who's fooling who? Yeah. We know that that's what you're supposed to do. Who's fooling who when they don't do that? That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when yes. you, when you, when y'all hear me say, pray the rosary every day, you're not on the team, exactly. do it. A family of 12 kids all in the faith, that's a miracle. I, in 2021 I, yes. is a miracle. And the secret is pray the rosary yeah. every day. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's what the Theotokos Mother of God said in 1917. Why exactly. are we surprised that it's true? Exactly. Right. It's not rocket science. No. It's not like we have to figure it. We do not have to reinvent the wheel. And, and you know, one is. of the things I wondered is, why didn't you say go to mass every day and, I, and, I, and now I think after COVID I think I might know the answer father and that is they can take away the mass from us yes but they yes. can't take away the rosary yeah that's exactly right and they, maybe, maybe. I, you know what? when I was like eight years old I'm sitting in my great aunt's house my beloved great aunt Frances who's my favorite favorite and you know what I got I knew she was praying for me even you know because she's been called home a, a long ago I got my call to orders, that letter that the diocese writes saying, yes, you're going to be ordained. And it was dated the Feast of St. Francis of Rome with an E. So it's not that. There, thank there you. There you go. Anyway, I can still remember. Like I'm eight years old. It's it's right after Vatican II and the recovations of the church. And she's sitting on the couch. And as if it happened yesterday, and she's, she's holding on to a rosary. And she said, and I quote, I still remember it. I don't care what they say. They're not taking away my rosary. That's a quote that I heard when I was like single digits and, and I've never forgotten it. I've never forgotten that scene. It'll live forever in my memory. Yep. So don't, you can always pray. They can take away, they can close your church on you, but they That's cannot right. take away your rosary. That's right. And the rosary makes us focus on Jesus, which is the whole point of everything we've talked about today. Exactly. Yep. You know, if, if you're, if you're on those beads, it's, it's our lady, the mother of Jesus, introducing you to her son, Jesus, as you go through the mysteries recorded in sacred scripture about yes. the incarnation, the life, the passion, the death, the resurrection, the glorification of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. You need that every day, people. And by the way, you watch this video, things I cover, you listen to Father Altman and his troubles, and you're not grounded in Jesus Christ and a life of prayer, you will lose your faith and you'll get depressed. Right. We right. see this happen. Do not be the person who gets into these negative things without being a person of prayer. When you wake up, crack the Bible and read a chapter, yes. pray a rosary, Yes. look it up, crucifix, 
say a prayer. You got to actually try and live this stuff or you're going to you're just going to shipwreck. Like I said, who's fooling who if they're not doing it? It's they're not putting oil in their lamps. You know what happens to the to the wise to the foolish virgins, right? Ostensibly good people because they're virgins. They didn't put oil in their lamps. What happens? Oh yes, they got locked out. This yeah. idea that oh I'm, I haven't murdered anybody, so I guess I get to go to heaven. That's not the standard of Jesus. Yeah. And all you need to know that is by looking at the crucifix. Yeah. So no, put oil in your lamps every day. Yep. Good. All right. Pray your rosary every day. If you're not on the team. Pray for yeah. Father Altman. Pray for all of our priests. And um, if you haven't already, like this video, share this video. If you're new, subscribe to this channel. And then, Father, can you um, close us in a, a Hail Mary and a blessing? I can. Do you, do you want it in Latin? Well, I like it always in Latin, but you're the priest. I'll let All you. Right. You do you, but I like that. Yep. Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus entris tui, Jesus. Santa Maria, Mater Dei, or pronomis peccatoribus, nunc redor mortis nostre. Amen. Amen. Dominus Rubiscum. Et cum spiritum tu. I don't know what to Latin. I print my brain. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Father. Everybody, Thank thanks you. for watching, and uh, God bless you, Father. And remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless. Godspeed. Thank you, Father Altman. Thank you.